Today, we're talking about coming out of the darkness after brain injury. Welcome to Hope Survives Podcast. I'm your host, Christabel Braden, a traumatic brain injury survivor and advocate, singer-songwriter, speaker, and creator of Hope After Head Injury. This podcast is all about hope, support, and education as we explore the realities of life with brain injury with messages of encouragement, interviews with doctors and professionals, and survivor stories. So glad that you found us today. No matter where you're at on your journey, there is always hope. I'm so excited for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of Hope Survives podcast. Whether you have been listening for all 25 episodes or if this is your first time, welcome and so glad that you are here with us. Today, I am announcing that this is the final episode of season one. But don't worry, we will be back very soon with new episodes. So after 25 weeks 25 episodes. We're going to take a short break. But while we're on break, I'm going to be recording and preparing the episodes for season two. I love when I hear from the listeners. I love getting messages and emails from you all. And so if you have ideas for what you'd like to hear and learn about and be educated about when it comes to brain injury as we learn together on season two, I'm totally open to hearing your suggestions. I actually got a couple emails recently from some of you guys sharing some topics that you'd want to learn about. And so I'm really excited to dive in and make season two even better than season one has been. I'm going to put my email address in the description of this podcast. If you've messaged me on Instagram, I apologize. I get so many message requests on there that I have a really hard time keeping up with them. And so if I never answered, please feel free to send another message. I'm so sorry if I missed it. I miss a lot of things on there. But email is a much better way to reach me. So my email address is below. So You all are incredible. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me as we decide together that there's always hope and hope survives. I know what it's like to feel like there's not hope. Even this week, I had the worst headache that I have had in months. I literally, yesterday, I felt like I was going crazy. Like I could not read. Every time I would try and look and read my textbook, I'm getting my master's degree right now. And so whenever I'd go to read, literally, I would feel nauseous all the time. And I was like, there's no way I can get anything done. And whenever that happens and whenever there's like a really bad symptom day or we start to feel like really off, it's easy to allow the, the physical struggles to seep in to your mental health and to seep into your emotional struggles. I know for me, whenever I am feeling physically horrible, whether it's pain or fatigue or exhaustion or whatever symptoms it is, it can make me feel really bad about myself. And I start to equate my self-worth with how I'm feeling that day. So like days that I feel, you know, I'm having good days, like I feel so much better about myself. And then days that I'm having 
struggles with my TBI, I feel so much worse about myself. So one of the things that I am trying to be more intentional about is self-evaluation and trying to separate out my physical pain from my emotional pain. So, for example, if I have a really, really hard day, my head hurts, I feel really off, to still remind myself the things that I'm grateful for in life, to spend some time listening to music that lifts me up. I love I love worship music, and so I'll put that on, and it'll change my mood completely, like instantly. Or doing a hobby or something I care about, or even just journaling, writing down, you know, things that, like I said, like I'm grateful for, or or goals, or things that have happened in my life, ways that I can look back and see how far I've come, and to not allow those bad days to completely take away all of my hope. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because I literally felt like that yesterday. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to graduate in May with my master's degree, and I can't even read right now because I'm getting nauseous. My head hurts. How in the world am I supposed to write my final paper? And I started to spiral and feel like I I wasn't going to be able to do it. I started to get really worried about the podcast and, you know, keeping up with everything, and it's really, it's really easy to lose sight of everything else and how far you've come on your brain injury recovery journey. And so I just want to encourage you guys to remember that there's always hope and to stay connected with people that will lift you up, whether it's a friend that you can text when you're having a hard day, whether it is a brain injury online support group. If you want to join mine, Hope After Head Injury group, we'd love to have you. Being able to post in there and say, hey, guys, I'm having a tough time with my symptoms. Can anyone just encourage me today? There are so many people that are there to encourage you. Or having a friend, a brain buddy friend, you know, that has a brain injury that can encourage you. One of my close friends that also has a brain injury is Tracy, who is on today's episode. And I'm so excited to have her on because not only is she extremely talented and accomplished after her brain injury journey. She's also a good friend, a sincere person, and she really, really knows what it's like to struggle through the brain injury journey. She really knows what it's like to have been in the dark with all of the symptoms that just completely take away any sense of hope. And she is an activist. She currently serves on the board of directors of the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. She co-leads a monthly virtual support group for survivors and caregivers. She became the voice of the Pennsylvania Concussion Bill Safety and Youth Sports Act in 2011. She's a former talk show host, producer, and multimedia journalist. She's great. And I am really excited to have our season one finale (laughs) be with Tracy. So again, thank you all so much for being here. Send me an email if you want to connect about season two or if you have ideas or thoughts or just anything about the podcast or if you want to connect with me for any reason, please feel free to send an email. And I'm so excited. I already have so many ideas for the next season and we'll be back soon. I don't have a specific date yet, but I'm thinking sometime in the summer. So not super long, but enough of time so I can prepare the next season to be even better for you guys. So, all right, there we go. And without further ado, 
let's go into the interview with Tracy. Welcome to Hope Survives Podcast. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited for you to get to share some of your story as well as what you've learned through your brain injury journey to offer hope and encouragement to our listeners today. Amen. Thanks for having me. And thank you for, I say this all the time, but thank you for what you're doing. Your message of hope goes beyond um, everything. It goes beyond injury. It goes beyond brain injury. Anyone that experiences darkness or a rough time can find a message of hope through your music, through your advocacy. And so I'm honored to know you and I love you deeply. Oh my goodness, Tracy, thank you. (laughs) Honestly, I feel the same way about you. You are such a beacon of hope and a beacon of light, especially in the brain injury world. So to introduce Tracy to you guys a little bit, she is a brain injury survivor. She's an advocate. She was a television host on PBS 39. She produced a special called Out of the Darkness to bring awareness to brain injury using her platform on TV to spread brain injury awareness. Like she's amazing. And I was honored to be a guest on that show. So if you guys want to watch it, I'm going to put the link in the description. It's still online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll put the link in the description for to watch her television brain injury special. Uh, Really amazing work that she's done. She is on the board of directors at the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. And she's an all around joy and light of a human being. So yes, let's go ahead. (laughs) You're welcome. So let's start. Can you share how your brain injury journey began? Sure. So uh, in 2005, I was a junior in high school, and I just want to share a little bit about who I was before that moment. Um, and so I was, I was a learner. So I was a really good student, but I was an athlete. And I've been playing basketball my entire life. I loved track and field. And so I was just a really good athlete who was dedicated and focused. And being raised by a single mom, I was determined to go to college for free. And that was something she wasn't going to have to worry about. And so in track field, my sophomore year, I won a state medal. And I was just like, I got this, like, let's go. And so going into my junior year playing basketball, that's when I got hit. It was January 10th, 2005. And I was going up for rebound. And as I came down, I collided heads with my opponent And I always say like instantly my eyes blacked out. I think we were probably 20 seconds left in uh, before the half. And so I kept playing during halftime. The only thing that I remember was it felt like someone had a hammer and was smashing my brain. And I don't remember the whole second half. I heard that I didn't play because we were beating the team um, by a lot. And so the starting five sat the bench, which honestly was a blessing looking back at it super grateful for that. Um, and the next memory that I had was coming out of the locker room at the end of the game. And like, I have a concussion Uh, and, you know, told my coaches and, you know, we went over to the, to the trainer and just, it was, um, it was a really hard moment because nothing made sense and my head hurt so much, but it was a really important time in our season. And as one of the lead stars of the team, like I had to play, And so we had a game two days later and throughout school, I mean, 
everything was spinning. I couldn't focus. I couldn't read. I'm just like, yo, I have a game. Like we, we got to play. And so two days later I played a second game and the court was literally spinning. I mean, I don't know how I played. Um, and then after that second game, I collapsed on the floor and that really started my journey. Um, and it was interesting because it was like, I missed two days of school to two weeks to two months. Um, and then just went on the homebound program. Teachers had to come to my house to teach me basic studies. And so, you know, one thing that was really hard for me was math. And I don't know what deg- what level of math I was in as a junior, but like I couldn't count 25 plus five. And so schooling was really hard because everything that I knew was kind of gone. And it was like learning from scratch and like basic equations. And then also reading. I just couldn't read all of these words on a book. It wasn't that I didn't know how to spell cat, C-A-T. I just couldn't see the words because they were all floating in the atmosphere. Um, And so, yeah, it was really devastating. I missed the rest of my athletic career. Um, having a doctor say like, you're not going back to sports um, was devastating because my identity was an athlete. And so when that was ripped from me, nothing made sense. Tried going back my senior year, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't read. (laughs) The light made me sick. And so my biggest symptom was disabling migraines. And so walking was a challenge getting from like point A to point B, I couldn't do it on my own. So I always had someone walking with me. Yeah. And so it was really hard going from like this star athlete to not being able to walk on your own and having my mom bathe me because I was in too much pain. And so it was really an eight year battle of hospital visits, an insane amount of pills. I mean, like from 17 to 19, 20 years old, I was taking like 30 pills a day (laughs) and other organs began shutting down or doing other things because of all of these medications and shots in my brain. Um, I wore like this, some type of device on my ear for a few months that like would zap my brain. And so just like, honestly, it felt like being a guinea pig for three to four years because doctors didn't understand what was wrong with me. And so it was just, I felt like I was just constantly being fed pills and shots because everything came back fine on the test, right? Like CAT scans (laughs) or MRIs, like negative. So, um, and you look fine, right? (laughs) Look fine. Like I physically, nothing changed about me. And so that was also, and this is something the brain injury community understands, especially with concussions, like you look fine. And so people treat you as if you are crazy and you are making this up or you are seeking attention. And so there was a time when I started to think I was crazy, right? Like doctors didn't believe me. Um, and doctors are like the one thing that like you find hope in, right. It's, you know, no one else understands brain injury. And so, yeah. Yeah. You assume that the doctors are going to be able to give you answers or you at least hope that. Yeah. So yeah, it was a really dark. And when I say dark and I, I think you understand there is a level of darkness that a lot of people experience anxiety, depression, illness, disease, there is just a darkness. And with brain injury, lights made me sick. And so I lived in the dark for months at a time. I mean, dark sheets over the window, no TV, no lights. So um, when I say darkness, I mean, like, physically dark. And then, you know, you can go into like mentally and emotionally, like the psychological torture that is living in darkness, in pain, not having hope, 
of a future because you kind of just accepted the fact that like, oh, this is life. This is what it's going to be. My doctor is going to help me tolerate this. And so even being told like, this is, this is just how you're going to live. That's the new it. normal, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you're told, like, you just kind of have to stay there yeah. and figure out how to live there. Right. Yeah. That's hard. And like what you described going from being a star athlete to having trouble walking across the room, like yeah. your identity is wrapped up. Like yeah. when you have a brain injury, I think it becomes a lot more evident on kind of how natural it is to view ourselves by the things we can do. Yeah. Because suddenly when you can't do it, you start to feel like, who am I yeah. anymore? You know, it's, it's hard. Absolutely. And it's just the, the person you wore is gone. Like the Tracy before January 10th, 2005 was gone. And so there is a grieving process that is not talked about. And it's like, we, with a brain injury, like I want to get back to her, but she's gone. The way I think is different. The way I process is different. Everything about my life, because of the way my brain was working or not working properly for that many years, I'm just a different person. And so oftentimes we want to go back to what we think is normal. And so it's, it's amazing because holding on to something of your past is truly hurting you from moving forward. And that was something I had to recognize was I had to let her go and I had to grieve her. Um, and that's a life lesson I'm still learning now. I'm, you know, through each season in life and through, you know, being saved in my faith, like I had to grieve the old me in order for me to move forward. And so that's, um, if I could encourage anyone in that is try to not focus on who you were because your future self is better. And so it's like that hurdle that keeps you from moving forward because we want so hard, so hard to be who we were, but your future self is so much more better, so much more beautiful and so much more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think about how resilient brain injury survivors are, yeah. right? Because yeah. when you're in, like you described the darkness, there's the emotional, spiritual darkness. Yeah that we go through, like you said, psychological, but then there's also, yeah, that physical darkness with mm -hmm. light sensitivity yeah. and not being able to tolerate the light. So suddenly the light becomes something that makes you vomit or right. makes you dizzy yeah. or uh, gives you headaches and makes you feel like horrible. Yeah. And so coming out of that, it is hard. It is very, very hard. Yeah. So if I were to ask you, like, what symptoms brain injury symptoms were kind of the biggest ones that you struggled with, what would they be? And then how are you doing now with your symptoms and what does it look like differently? Okay. So I would say my biggest was, I mean, light sensitivity was huge for me. I mean, the, like any ounce of light made me sick and losing my motor skills. So like not really having balance. And so, you know, when I say like, I couldn't walk from point A to, to point B, I don't mean that like my legs were physically incapable of walking. It's just, I could not see straight. And so I remember, you know, in physical therapy and like, you know, walking one foot in front of the other and I couldn't do it. And it was so frustrating because it's something that is so simple and something we take for granted. Walking was so hard for me. And so disabling migraines were the heaviest um, and it was just day in and day out pounding on my brain. 
And so that with light sensitivity was really hard. And the moments that I did get to go outside was really only to get to the doctors. So I always felt kind of imprisoned in my home because I couldn't really even go outside to get fresh air. And so that and just constant dizziness and sensitivity, sensitivity to noise, sensitivity to touch. My body for so long just hurt to touch, whether that was from medications or side effects. So just like this new life of feeling and seeing everything and voices were so loud in my head, um, which again, could be a whole other conversation, spiritually speaking and emotionally and mentally. So yeah, like light sensitivity and just pain everywhere, like physically. And that's the beauty of brain injury warriors is we become so oversensitive, right? Like we can see things, we can feel things, we can identify things that are not seen to the normal eye or the natural eye. And oftentimes we can feel like we're going crazy Um, But once you kind of learn to heal through that process, like there's a gift in that. And there's a gift in being a warrior. So I think I answered your first question. Yeah, that's, (laughs) I love that. And I love how, you know, yeah, all these struggles, like they don't define us, but they definitely shape us. Yeah. And so let's share, you shared about being in the dark. You shared about the struggles. Now, how did you get out of the dark, right? Girl. (laughs) So, you know what? Honestly, I think it all starts with like baby steps. Um, and so we were into year eight. I say we as in like my mom and I, because she was my caregiver. Shout out to mom, because um, I would not be here without her. And I think we were, I would say her more so as a caregiver and not really understanding like, what do we do? Like concussion was not really talked about back in 2005 to 2010. And just kind of like disappointment after disappointment with doctors. And I mean, we went to major hospitals and they just said straight up, like, we can't treat you. So we're going to ship you off elsewhere. And so it was just like a constant battle. And my mom knew something was wrong with me. And so I think we both just had this aha moment of like, this ain't it. Like these hospital visits, these pills, these shots, like something is wrong with me. And we wanted to find someone that would believe me. And I think we just decided like, let's just take a natural route. Um, And so it's something as simple as started as going to someone like with acupuncture and a woman that prescribed me natural herbs as opposed to pharmaceuticals. And so slowly but surely the chronic pain that I've had for eight years was like slowly starting to relieve itself. The migraines were becoming less intense. And so we're just like, okay, like this is the first relief I've had in eight years. Like let's, let's keep going. And so that kind of just led into other things ultimately finding my doctor in Rhode Island, where I went up there for two months and seven days a week, twice a day, he treated me. And it was awesome because again, like the first, I've seen hundreds of doctors and the first doctor in eight years diagnosed me properly. And then was just like, I can treat you, which was a whole other moment. Like when he told me he could help me, I went to my hotel room and cried. I was angry. Cause I was just like, what do you mean? Like I've spent nearly a decade in pain. Like, what do you mean you can help me? And then it was like anger, but also relief. Like, wow, I can have a new life. And so it was awesome. And I was just treated for two months and no pills, no shots. Like it was just him rewiring my brain, which was another beautiful thing to experience and go through because that's another thing in life that I can always hold on to is like whatever 
I can, I mean, brain injury, like you, once you, if you can learn to rewire your brain, like healing is really possible. So I still do that too today. So yeah, that, and then just coming back into life and integrating back into society, which I've heard multiple times with many um, like neuro doctors is that you have to um, learn how to integrate back into life. So my brain injury was my safety blanket for eight years. And so I was comfortable with my pain. I was familiar with my pain. And now that it's gone, I'm going to want it back because it's so familiar to me. And I said, that sounds crazy. Like, I can't wait to be healed. I can't wait to not have this pain. And it's so true because that, that became my identity was pain and trauma and darkness. And then you finally step into the light and you're like, whoa, like I want that darkness because it feels so good. It feels so familiar. You get comfortable. Yeah. There. You yeah. get really comfortable there. And so learning that mentally and emotionally, and that's something five, six, seven years later, post that treatment, I'm still now healing from my emotional and mental trauma because it doesn't, you're not just cured in a day. And so I didn't take that seriously. When I came back home, I got back into life. I went back to school. And then years later, my trauma started hitting me hard. And I was like, whoa, this is what my doctor was talking about. I just didn't address it. And so yeah. now I'm in that season of real healing because I'm addressing the trauma that was the darkness of my brain injury. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I think your story is a really t like it's a testament to not giving up because you went through eight years of seeing doctors and things not working, but you continued to try and find new treatment. And every brain injury is different. Yeah. You know, all of our journeys are different. All yeah. of our symptoms are different. The treatments that work for us are going to end up being different. Yeah. But the key that I always want survivors and family members to understand is there's always another type of treatment out there. Mm -hmm. So if what you're doing is not working, there's always going to be something else, especially yeah. now here in 2021 with all of the research yeah. and all of the new brain injury treatments that have been coming out and all the more awareness that there is like continue to fight for your recovery. Yeah. Like there is hope. Yeah. So Tracy, she went from what she described. She became a successful successful television personality <laughs> and you've done so much like didn't you win a um what's it called emmy yeah it's she won an emmy guys like, she... it is it is god is good <laughs> that's all i have to say but it's wild because just when you start to do things that you're told you can never do right so like i couldn't go to school at 19, I tried, I tried going to college. It did not work. My doctors told me it wasn't going to work and it didn't work. Um, cause you know, if you can't read, you can't really go to school and just the pain and all this stuff. But really, um, I remember I was, uh, at a hospital in Philly and I just had a really bad experience with doctors. Um, just very degrading, you know, just, I felt like a number as a lot of us feels like you're just a number on the day, um, get in, get out. And I was just so depressed because, all of my friends were going to school and graduating and their life was moving forward and my life was stuck back here. And it was just a very trippy experience. And it was like, I just wanted to go to school. Like I just wanted to go into a class and learn and grow and be normal. And it wasn't working out for me. And I had a doctor like literally say to my face, you're not going back to school and you need to learn to accept it. And like, 
to say my dive spoke death over me. And I was just like, oh man, like again. So I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm not going back to school. And so even years later, when my brain injury is now like my brain is functioning properly, the idea of going back to school, I was like, well, I can't go back to school. I'm like, and once you process, it's like, oh yeah, because years ago, a doctor told me I would never go back to school. And so then I had to fight that. And so I went back to school and it was such, what a process, because it was very overwhelming. Like taking the first time I was full-time at Temple in Philly, I was so overwhelmed and I called my mom daily. I can't do this. This is too hard. Reading was very overwhelming. It was beautiful and I was excited because I could read, but it was very overwhelming because for years I couldn't read. And so I wanted to give up like all the time. I was like, mm, no, this ain't for me. And my mom fought, helped me fight through it every single day and made things make sense for me. And during my graduation, like I got to be a graduation speaker. And it was one of those moments where like, the chains of fear and anything that anyone said of the past that I couldn't do were broken. Cause I was just like, man, like he just told me it's never going to happen. And not only did I go back to school, I was asked to be the speaker. And like, just from that moment and in PBS and that incredible career I had was doing things that I never thought were possible because especially with a brain injury is like, for me, uh, just personally speaking, I couldn't think of a future because I had so many doctors tell me like, this is just what it is. And so, you know, the, the question of, Oh, what, where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? I only saw pain. And if I would close my eyes and envision a future, I only saw black, like there was nothing. And so once I healed from all of this and I was like, well, what does my future look like? Cause for so long I couldn't envision anything. And so, yeah, it's been, a, it's, been a really beautiful journey um, of going from like really not having any hope and being told that there's no hope to life is full so many so much joy and peace and just yeah god god is good that's amazing and it's so inspirational for every brain injury survivor just to hear like you were told you would never go to school you couldn't even read it took a while you you know but years later you were able to yeah and graduate and have a career in you know and as a news person you probably had to read off of a teleprompter Girl. right <laughs> i don't know if we've talked about this before but that was it's just so these are the little things that people who may have never experienced brain injury or don't necessarily know you had one or have one whatever the terminology is they don't they just don't get it and so Again, like reading is very overwhelming. So you're live on television and in my thoughts, I'm thinking 10 different things. So that's overwhelming. I have an <laughs> earpiece in with a producer talking to me. And so that was overwhelming for me. And then this teleprompter is just these words coming up on the screen and it was triggering my trauma. I mean, I felt my trauma come out so many times when I was on TV because just this idea of words scrolling took me back to that moment when I would open a book and these words were floating in the atmosphere. And so when I worked at PBS, that was a really beautiful season of healing from my anxiety because when I started to see words move, I would be triggered and I would just feel, I would feel the darkness of my brain injury, try to like come back and like kind of 
take me back into the dark. And so I was so proud. Like, I remember one time after we filmed, I like got in my car and I cried. Cause I was just like, yo, like I just read words from a teleprompter and like, it's hard. It, people just don't get it. Right. It's like having, and I've had a really supportive team there. And like, there was a moment where I just had to stop when we were not live. And I'm just like, I'm feeling anxiety. Like I just need a, a moment. But yeah, it was something as simple as words on a prompter that triggered my trauma. And like ev- all of the voices in my head came back. And so like to try and focus and, and be who I am and my personality come out while battling trauma and darkness and demons. Like it was, it was really, um, it was a beautiful, looking back, it was a beautiful journey and like super special. Wow. That's amazing. So what, encouragement would you have to a survivor that's listening to this or a family member that is trying to make their way out of their own darkness but isn't sure how to start so um so here's the the beautiful thing about people who have brain injury and we often use the word warrior I'd, i'll i'll say warrior over survivor any day because you are in this season, how, however long it may be, it may be a decade, it may be 20 years, maybe two years, maybe two months, whatever it is, like this darkness of a season that you're in is literally training you to become something. And as for me, like learning how to fight for survival now has equipped me to handle life in a way that is just accelerated. And so, you know, back when I was really sick and I felt like life was moving forward and I'm back here. I'm like, wow, like I'm not going anywhere with my life. I'm not going to school. I don't have a job. I don't have friends. And this like depression sets in that this is my life forever. But what we don't really understand is God has us back here and he's training us and he's equipping us so that when we're ready for that light, we are going to be accelerated and our testimony will be able to help save lives. Our testimony will be able to help people out of that darkness. And so like, I wanna keep it real, like darkness is heavy and it sucks and it's painful. And so I don't want you know people to think that, oh, like just fight through it. Like, yeah, fight through it, but it's gonna be hard and it's gonna be painful. And you are gonna learn so much about yourself. But if you could just switch your perspective of, I'm being trained for something right now. I'm being trained to be a warrior. I'm being trained to be a fighter. And so that whenever you get out of this season, you have this warrior mentality that anything that comes your way, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not because I battled a brain injury. So like, I don't fear, obviously there's fear um, and I can feel fear sometimes, but I can take anything head on because I battled a brain injury because I was in the darkness and I thought I was stuck there forever. And especially when you hear people say there's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, when light makes you sick, that saying sucks. <laughs> I hated that saying. I was like, ah, what do you mean there's light at the You're end like, of the tunnel? You're like, I'll just stay here in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stay in the darkness because that's going to make me vomit or throw up or all the things. And so, yeah, it's just like, dude, keep fighting like with everything you have inside. And one thing that I think we don't realize is surviving is fighting. You getting through a day is fighting. So a lot of people don't think they're strong. There were so many times when I thought I was weak and I thought I was giving up, but I made it through the night because I wanted to give up and just like um, trigger warring for suicide. But I lived in a whole season where I planned 
my death. I planned how to leave this world because the darkness consumed me. And I was so deep in a dark pit that I was just like, this life is not worth living. And those lies were in my head all the time that it's not worth it. There's peace on the other side. There's peace when you leave. Your family's not going to miss you. Like, you know, the guilt of having a brain injury and the guilt of putting all of this pressure and depression on your family. And it's just like, life would be better with me not in it. And that is a lie. That is a whole lie. So yeah, just keep fighting because you just getting through a day is enough. And you're, and I'm just, yeah, it's gonna, when you get to come out of that season, you're going to be able to look back and you're going to be able to smile because you're so much stronger and you're going to be able to equip other people in their darkness to help them get out and experience light. It's powerful. Thank you for sharing and for opening Ooh. up. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, it's very real. It's very real. And for those listening, like, I hope that Tracy's story has encouraged you to know, like, the title of this podcast is Hope Survives, right? So even if we don't always feel hope right away, yeah. know that it's there. Yeah, There is hope in your darkness. Yeah. And if you're a family member and you just want so bad for your survivor and for your family, you know, you just want so bad for yeah. things to be different. That's, you're a warrior too. Yeah. You are a warrior. It's it's hard. The journey with brain injury is so hard. hard. And there's the physical side, yeah. and then there's the also the emotional side of recovery. Yeah, and both sides are very important. And there is hope on both sides. Yeah, there is hope for your brain. Like Tracy was talking earlier about how her doctor basically helped her brain to rewire. You know, there's something called neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to repair itself. Mm -hmm. And so there is hope yeah. for the physical symptoms of your brain injury yeah. to heal, to recover, to improve, mm -hmm. to significantly improve. There's also hope for the emotional darkness to come out of that. Yeah. And like Tracy said, now she can look back at how far she's come yeah, and she can see like, you know, wow. I can't believe I made it through that, but I did. Yeah. So I can make it through this too. Yeah. And for all of you listening, think back to when your brain injury first happened, whether it was a week ago or whether it was years ago. I guarantee there has been improvements. And you have to hold on to see how far you've come and to see, you know, wow, like I used to not be able to do this and now I can, yeah. whether it's taking a shower on your own or, you know, being able to remember somebody's name, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like every victory is worth yeah. celebrating. Absolutely. I love, I love that what you just said. Every, every victory, whether small or large is so worth celebrating. And if I could offer any advice to caregivers is to really protect the space of the, the person with brain injury, because there is power of the tongue, there's power in words. And so be wise when anyone tries to speak death over someone or say, you're never going to do this, or you're not capable of doing that, you take that back. Because there is I mean, there, 
there is power when a doctor says you can't do this because when you accept that it, it doesn't, you just accept it, right? Like I can't go back to school and I accept that. And so had I had a doctor tell me, we're going to get you back in school, we're going to fight for you. Like I would have been more motivated, but like when you have people telling you that like, you, it's not, you're faking it, you're this, you're that, that like, it is, yeah. it is so devastating for the person that is going through such pain and such trauma and so much darkness and to have people not believe them, encourage them throughout the day and celebrate every little moment because we need to hear it. Yeah. And you know what I think is the most damaging about that is the idea of never. Yes. So you, it, it's true that you couldn't go to school at that right. time, but right. it wasn't true that you could never So one of the things like is that we have to remember we might have to do things differently Yeah, due to our brain injury. It might be slower. It might be longer. We might have to do it in a roundabout way, way different than anybody else in our own unique way. Yeah. (laughs) But if it's something that you really, really want to do and that you're passionate about, even with school, if it's one class at a time online – yeah. You know, or whatever it is, like with accommodations, yeah, it's possible, you yeah. know? And so that that whole aspect of never, yeah. We if we get never into our head, it, it's gonna paralyze us yeah. and make us feel like like not um mentally paralyze us, like spiritually right. psychologically paralyze yeah, us absolutely. and make us feel stuck. And so I just want to encourage us to take never out of our vocabulary. Yes. Maybe not now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more healthy for us to rest yeah. now and, you know, to to take care of the things that need to be taken care of now, whether it's your therapies or whatever it is. But realizing that you don't have to give up your dreams. Yeah. You just might have to do them a little differently. Yeah. And they may shift as you progress in life, you know, like what I want probably will <laughs> what I wanted in high school versus what I want now and like being the the person that came out of that battle and that journey and like, yeah, like I have new passions in life. I have new all of this stuff. Um, and so like don't limit yourself to what you think you want to do um, because brain injury may shift something very quickly, but it may be for the better of you. Um, And it may be something that you don't even know that you're gifted at yet until you step into it. Um, And so that's the beauty is just like be open minded as to, you know, who you are becoming and just go with it. I love that encouragement. And, you know, sometimes like as a brain injury survivor, it can be like weird or hard to feel like, oh, like just accept the new me or try and find something new. Like and you you focus on the negative because I can't do that. Right. So in it's important to focus on the things we can do as opposed to like focusing on the things we can't. But also we have to remember even without brain injuries, people's interests change, their goals change, their dreams change, their careers change. Like people change majors in college. They they change careers in their thirties, forties, fifties. Like Mm -hmm. people change. And that's okay. So (laughs) yes. And maybe our change was instigated by our brain injury. Right. But but it doesn't necessarily mean that the change is a negative thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also, 
you know, even um, what I've loved about this year with the Brain Injury Association of America dropping the more than my brain injury campaign and really talking about identity after brain injury and that we are not our brain injury. And Mm -hmm. I mean, my before brain injury, my identity was an athlete. And so when that was ripped from me, like immediately after one hit to the brain, like that was gone and everything for eight, 17 years, the training and all like, I just put my identity in one thing and one thing alone. And then losing that, my brain injury became my identity. And it took me a very long time to realize that, no, I just have a brain injury. I am not my brain injury. Yep. And there is so much power in saying that I am not my brain injury. I am a lover. I am kind. I am a teacher. I am a musician. I'm a daughter. I'm all of these things. And I have a brain injury. And yeah. I wish I had that encouragement when I was in it because I didn't, I didn't know really anything about identity. Right. And so now, now that I do, I was just like, wow, like that would have been really beautiful to hear, you know, someone say like, Hey, you are not your brain injury. You mm-hmm. are going through this struggle and this is painful and this is dark, but you are stronger than your struggle. And so I just, man, to encourage people not to identify as their brain injury. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think on that note, uh, we'll wrap it up yeah. for, for today. Thank you so much for coming on Hope Survives podcast. I know that this was an encouragement. So uh, to get in touch with you, you have a website? Not yet. Email? I'm okay. I do have an email. Facebook, social media. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll put your information. <laughs> I'll <give laughs> well, it to you. You'll send it to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'll put your information below, probably your Instagram or whatever. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you. Sure. And email. But I'll also sure. put the link to your brain injury PBS special. Awesome. And uh, yes, thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to Hope Survives Brain Injury Podcast. I hope this episode was able to encourage you in some way. To get in touch with me, you can connect on social media. The page Hope After Head Injury on Facebook does have a message option if you'd like to message me. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Christabel Braden is my page. And at Hope After Head Injury is the Hope After Head Injury page. My website, ChristabelBraden.com or hopeafterheadinjury.com, as well as join our support group on Facebook. All the links will be in the show's description, and we hope to see you next time on Hope Survives.